Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Coming off a three-day holiday weekend, and the markets have kind of had a mixed market trade, but we're going to look beyond what we see on those numbers on the screen today. We know there's a WASDE report that comes out tomorrow, and May report, obviously, is going to be way more important uh, for many than what we see in tomorrow's numbers, but there's been a lot of excitement as well. China's out there buying corn. We're going to look at what's going on with the old crop. Beans, we'll talk about the importing of beans into the East Coast as well, but more importantly, the short term it's warming up and guys are anxious to get in the field and where are we going to see some good planting weather lots to look at today as brian split joins us he is with agmarket.net so let's start out with the short term good planting we're supposed to be in the 80s here midweek you know that's going to get guys excited to want to get back into the field as quickly as possible what are you looking at when it comes to good planting possibilities knowing that there's some extremely dry areas areas under snow and areas that are just just too wet to think about field work. Yeah, Susan. So like you'd mentioned, we're going to see an increase in temperatures. And uh, actually right before we started our conversation um, internally, we were doing a podcast with Eric Snodgrass. It was kind of going over some of the expectations of weather. And you're going to see, you know, near near or at 90 degrees in, in um, parts of Nebraska later this week. So um, there's definitely uh, a quite a bit of growing degree days that can be accumulated. I think you're going to have producers that may, uh, you know, try to, to push quite a bit of, of uh, production uh, in the ground in the next uh, several uh, days and, and see if they can't get, uh, you know, these crops to be out of the, out of the ground short term. Um, your remaining area of concern is going to continue to be the northern plains, but um, there just really is the opportunity there for uh, some warmer temperatures to reduce the snowpack up there substantially. So one of the questions is going to be is does that, you know, bring in flooding and, and um, you know, unfortunately right now the ground temperatures are still around freezing so the, the melt will not uh, go directly into the ground. So that's going to be a bit of a concern uh, for that region specifically, but uh, by and large, we would expect quite a bit of progress to be made in, in pretty short period of time. So I think that's what the market was trading uh, out of the gate this morning. Uh, we had new crop corn get very close to 650. Uh, again, I think that was an anticipation of the type of progress we're going to see in the next week or two. Uh, but there's a very major base of support under new crop corn. We had some six, or I'm sorry, 540 lows, uh, and those were scored right after the invasion of Ukraine. And then from there, we went up into the contract highs. Then we came back down in July of 2022. We had some lows at 642 and three quarters and 643 and a quarter early month, late month. Then we came back down and rechecked that uh, that very shallow uptrend in, in March uh, at the beginning of the month, just a hair below 650. And that trend line came in today, right at today's low. So I think you saw some some short covering um, in anticipation of the report tomorrow. Uh, expectations are for the um, the old crop carryout to be reduced, uh, and that is really just simply because of the uh, tighter than expected stocks uh, on that report. Let's talk a little bit about that report, because obviously you are going to be looking at the old crop numbers. Do you see any surprises that could come in? And obviously the talk of some lower stock numbers, especially out of South America. Yeah, so I I think the USDA will continue to look at the South American crop uh, in, in Argentina. Uh, possibly reducing that further. The USDA is still above where uh, a lot of the private uh, and and some of the South American analysts have their expectation of the crop. Uh, But we have also seen recently 
um, some increases in expectations for the uh, safrina crop out of Brazil uh, and also the, the soybean crop in Brazil. So we may be getting to a point where if there are any further reductions in Argentina's crop that they will be offset by increases in the Brazilian crop. So um, may not get the change to uh, to world stocks or uh, that or, or carry out expectations that bulls are hoping for on a world sense. Um, so then when we think about what the report will be tomorrow domestically, uh, I think there's a couple important things to understand. Number one is that this report does not address new crop. The May WASDE report will be our first new crop number. Uh, and in that report, they're going to take the planting intentions number from the report last week. They're going to put that in the balance sheet along with the um, the uh, trend line yield that they'll be using uh, with some early demand estimates. And that'll give us our, our first new crop carryout estimate that'll be official from USDA. So what tomorrow is going to be more about is how the USDA um, rectifies those tighter than expected old crop stocks in our current balance sheet. And so I think, you know, one area that everybody's going to be looking at is exports. Um, we have had China buy quite a bit of corn over the last several weeks, uh, but that corn has not left the country yet. So these are just new purchases. So I don't expect um, the the tighter stocks to be rectified by an increase in exports. I think it's going to come from either the feed residual side uh, or they may just simply reduce the size of the, the fall harvest that we just had. Uh, those are probably, to me, the two ways that they may address those tighter stocks. Now, that doesn't mean that the USDA won't increase corn for export, um, but it's not going to be in an effort to address the tighter stocks that, um, that we got on that stocks report. Again, that corn is still in the country, hasn't left yet. So these are going to be forward-looking um, estimates. And, and the last USDA WASDE report, they reduced corn for export by 75 million bushels. And then we had China come in over the last several weeks and buy more than that. Um, so I could see the USDA increasing corn for export um, and then also addressing the, the tighter than expected, expected stocks through a reduction in, in the previous harvest uh, or through an increase in the feed residual. Um, on the soybean side of things, very similar. The old crop stocks were tighter than expected on the stocks report. Um, so I think USDA is likely to increase uh, soybeans for export on the report. Uh, but I think they're also going to um, increase the import side of the balance sheet. So we do have a lot more coming up as we get ready for the second half on this Monday. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Hey, Tom, I see a Fontenelle sign there on your North 80. That corn looks pretty good. Well, yeah, my neighbors had good luck with Fontenelle, so I decided to give it a try. They've been around for quite a while? Well, sure have. In the last three seasons, Fontenelle's 15 top-yielding corn products had over a nine-bushel advantage over Pioneer's commercially available leading volume corn products. Wow, that's impressive. I'm thinking I might add some Fontenelle to my farm. Well, just contact your local dealer or go to Fontenelle.com if you want more information. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. KRVN. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continue our conversation this afternoon with Brian Split. Brian, of course, is with agmarket.net. We left off kind of talking about the, the WASDE report that's due out tomorrow from, from a soybean perspective. And I kind of wanted to get your thoughts quickly when it came to the export numbers and inspections that came in for beans. Many calling it, you know, disappointing. But aren't we kind of in that lull this time of year, Brian? We should be having those kind of settlements about what we're seeing. 
Yeah, I would say disappointing should be neutral. Um, the expectation should be disappointing. Um, we're not in the time of year right now where we really should be selling many additional soybeans for export. Um, and we should be in the process of shipping out, um, you know, some of these late purchases that were made in early 2023 as the market continued to be concerned about, uh, about Argentina's soybean crop. So, uh, this is the time of year where we really should start seeing the corn export program and, and the, uh, uh, the inspections of those exports ramp up, so we should see new new corn purchases, uh, and we should see the shipment of, of previous corn purchases, and that should be the main uh, export program moving forward. So um, for such a long period of time, it was, hey, these bean sales and bean inspections are great. Um, and, and now it really should shift away from soybeans and, and we should start seeing some very good corn sales and corn uh, shipments at this point. What about some crush market shares and, and discussions as we we see more plants getting ready to come online and then the pressure to keep profitable on those others? Yeah, so board crush is still at profitable levels, and I think anytime you see that at a dollar plus, you're going to continue to see the um, the, the crushers uh, doing as much as they can, as much volume as they can to uh, uh, maintain market share. So we're going to see a lot of new crush facilities uh, uh, come online over the next couple of years, and I think any facility that is already online that has the ability to uh, to make money crushing soybeans is going to try to do it as, as aggressively as they can um, for as long as they can until the new competition comes online. And so something that that may mean is, is continued uh, strong basis levels in areas that have crush facilities. Um, I think something else that we're going to see, and we address this a little bit, um, is that uh, we're going to continue to see imports coming into the East Coast uh, of soybeans. So it, it pencils to buy soybeans from Brazil. And uh, if if it makes sense, they will continue to bring beans into the East Coast uh, to satisfy the demand. Um, so, again, that's why, in, in my opinion, um, the old crop carryout will be reduced, uh, again, based on the tighter than expected stocks. But I think USDA will also be looking ahead and, and increasing the imports on soybeans. And so the forward look on, on the balance sheet may not be quite as bullish as what the trade's expecting. Condition-wise, uh, wheat continues, as you were t- we were talking about during the commercial break, selling on these rallies, even though it's been dealt a, a pretty nasty hand this year. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be really disappointing for a wheat producer. You look at your wheat, you look at the conditions, and, and granted, we were higher today, but um, you think about where we finished uh, new crop hard red wheat, for example, at the end of the day, and I think it was about 25 cents off of last week's highs. Um, and last week's highs were made on the uh, uh, release of those poor conditions. So, you know, the market continues to get this bullish news and we just have not been able to, to really push through any meaningful resistance. So when I look at this hard red uh, new crop contract, we continue to see failures in the 880 to, to mid 890s. Uh, and, and we've been doing so for the last, I don't know, since maybe about August, with the exception of that little pump we had in, in October when all the markets made their fall highs. Um, but uh, it, it's it's one of those things where um, the the Chicago wheat um, has become the short leg versus corn. Uh, it is the short leg versus hard red wheat. So we've got 
May hard red wheat trading nearly $2 over May Chicago wheat. These are new record uh, premiums, uh, uh, hard red to soft red. Uh, so we, we've not seen these levels before. Um, and part of that is, is again, buying of hard red and, and selling of, of the soft red. And then we've got, uh, we've got wheat trading at a very small premium to corn. I think last I looked, it was only about 24 cents in the May contract. So, um, what may be required in order for this wheat market to get some more meaningful gains is for the fund manager to decide that they don't want to be short Chicago wheat versus the other two anymore. Um, you know, what will the story be where they decide, hey, we want to get out of these shorts completely. We don't want to have this as a short leg. Uh, and, and when that happens, we could probably see a pretty aggressive rally in wheat. Uh, but for the time being, I mean, geez, we saw it where last night the market opened pretty strong and was strong all night. And that was on, um, I, I think, you know, some of the talk out of the Black Sea region. What is the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Uh, I would suggest uh, listeners go to our website, www.agmarket.net, sign up for a 30-day free trial of our intel uh, just to see kind of what research we put out. If you want to talk to us directly, 844-4-AG-MARKET, so 844-424-6758. My direct line is 815-665-0463. All right, that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.